0: chapter eleven verses thirty seven through fifty four of catena aria gospel of st luke part two by st thomas Aquinas. this librivox recording is in the public domain verses thirty seven through forty four and as he spake a certain pharisee besought him to dine with him and he went in and sat down to meet and when the pharisee saw it he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner and the lord said unto him now do ye Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Ye fools, did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? But rather give alms of such as ye have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tie the mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment in the love of god these ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone woe unto you pharisees for ye love the utmost seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets woe unto you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for ye are as graves which appear not and the men that walk over them are not aware of them cyril the pharisee while our lord still continued on speaking invites him to his own house, as it is said, and while he was speaking a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him. Bede, Luke expressly says, and as he spake these things, to show that he had not quite finished what he had purposed to say, but was somewhat interrupted by the Pharisee, asking him to dine. Augustine, for in order to relate this, Luke has made a variation from Matthew, at that place where both had mentioned what our Lord said concerning the sign of Jonah, and the Queen of the South, and the unclean spirit, after which discourse Matthew says, while he yet talked to the people, behold his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak to him. But Luke having also in that discourse of our Lord, related some of our Lord's sayings which Matthew omitted, now departs from the order which he had hitherto kept with matthew bede accordingly after that it was told him that his mother and brethren stood without and he said for he that doeth the will of god the same is my brother and sister and mother we are given to understand that he by the request of the pharisee went to the dinner cyril for christ knowing the wickedness of those pharisees himself purposely condescends to be occupied in admonishing them after the manner of the best physicians who bring remedies of their own making to those who are dangerously ill hence it follows and he went in and sat down to meet but what gave occasion for the words which christ was that the ignorant pharisees were offended that while men thought him to be a great man and a prophet He conformed not to their unreasonable customs. Therefore it is added, But the Pharisee began to think, and to say within himself, Why had he not first washed before dinner? Augustine, For every day before dinner the Pharisees washed themselves with water, as if a daily washing could be a cleansing of the heart. But the Pharisee thought within himself, yet did not give utterance to a word. Nevertheless, he heard who perceived the secrets of the heart. Hence it follows, and the Lord said unto him, Now do ye Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Cyril, now our Lord might also have used other words to admonish the foolish Pharisee, but he seizes the opportunity and framed his reproof from the things that were ready before him. At the hour, namely, of meals, he takes for his example the cup and the platter, pointing out that it became the sincere servants of God to be washed and clean, not only from bodily impurity, but also from that which lies concealed within, the power of the soul, just as any of the vessels which are used for the table ought to be free from all inward defilement. Ambrose Now mark that our bodies are signified by the mention of earthly and fragile things, which, when let fall a short distance, are broken to pieces, and those things which the mind meditates within. It easily expresses through the senses and actions of the body, just as those things which the cup contains within make a glitter without. Hence also hereafter, by the word cup, doubtless, The passion of the body is spoken of you perceive then that not the outside of the cup and platter defiles us but the inner parts for he said but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness augustine but how was it that he spared not the man by whom he was invited yea rather he spared him by reproof that when corrected he might spare him in the judgment Further, he shows us that baptism also, which is once given, cleanses by faith. But faith is something within, not without. The Pharisees despised faith, and used washings which were without, while within they remained full of pollution. The Lord condemns this, saying, Ye fools, did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? Bede as if he says, he who made both natures of man will have each to be cleansed. This is against the Manichaeans, who think the soul only was created by God, but the flesh by the devil. It is also against those who abominate the sins of the flesh, such as fornication, theft, and the like, while those of the spirit, which are no less condemned by the apostle, they disregard as trifling. Ambrose. Now our Lord, as a good master, taught us how we ought to purify our bodies from defilement, saying, But rather give alms of such things as ye have over, and behold, all things are clean unto you. You see what the remedies are. Almsgiving cleanseth us. The word of God cleanseth us. According to that which is spoken, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Cyprian The merciful bids us to show mercy, and because he seeks to save those whom he has redeemed at a great price, he teaches that they who have been defiled after the grace of baptism may again be made clean. Chrysostom. Now he says give alms, not injury, for alms is that which is free from all injury. It makes all things clean, and is more excellent than fasting, which, though it be the more painful, the other is the more profitable. It enlightens the soul, enriches it, and makes it good and beautiful. He who resolves to have compassion on the needy will sooner cease from sin, for as the physician who is in the habit of healing, the diseased is easily grieved by the misfortunes of others. So we, if we have devoted ourselves to the relief of others, shall easily despise things present, and be raised up to heaven. The unction of almsgiving, then, is no slight good, since it is capable of being applied to every wound. Bede. He speaks of what is over and above, our necessary food and clothing. For you are not commanded to give alms so as to consume yourself by want, but that after satisfying your wants you should supply the poor to the utmost of your power, or it must be taken in this way. Do that which remains within your power, that is, which is the only remedy remaining to those who have been hitherto engaged in much wickedness. Give alms. Which word applies to everything which is done with profitable compassion? For not he alone gives alms who gives food to the hungry, and things of that kind, but he also who gives pardon to the sinner, and prays for him, and reproves him, visiting him with some correcting punishment. Theophylact, Or he means, that which is uppermost, for wealth rules the covetous man's heart. Ambrose. The whole, then, of this beautiful discourse is directed to this end, that while he invites us to the study of simplicity, it should condemn the luxury and worldliness of the Jews, and yet even they are promised the abolition of their sins, if they will follow mercy. Augustine. But if they cannot be cleansed, except they believe on him who cleanses the heart by faith, what is this which he says? Give alms, and behold, all things are clean to you. Let us give heed, and perhaps he himself explain it to us. For the Jews withdrew a tenth part of all their produce, and give it in alms, which rarely a Christian does. Therefore they mocked him, for saying this to them, as to men who did not give alms, God knowing this adds, but woe unto you Pharisees, for ye tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and pass over judgment and the love of God. This then is not giving alms, for to give alms is to show mercy. If thou art wise, begin with thyself, for how art thou merciful to another, if cruel to thyself. Hear the scripture, which says unto thee, Have mercy on thy own soul, and please God. Return unto thine conscience, thou that livest in evil or unbelief. And then thou findest thy soul begging, or perhaps struck dumb with want. In judgment and love give alms to thy soul. What is judgment? Do what is displeasing to thyself. What is charity? Love God, love thy neighbor. If thou neglectest this alms, love as much you like. Thou doest nothing, since thou doest it not to thyself cyril or he says it by way of censure upon the pharisees who ordered those precepts only to be strictly observed by their people which were the cause of fruitful returns to themselves hence they omitted not even the smallest herbs but despised the work of inspiring love to god and the just awarding of judgment Theophylact. for because they despise god treating sacred things with indifference he commands them to have love to god but by judgment he implies the love of our neighbor. For when a man judges his neighbor justly, it proceeds from his love to him. Ambrose, or judgment because they do not bring to examination everything that they do. Charity because they love not God with their heart. But he that might not make us zealous of the faith to the neglect of good works, he sums up the perfection of a good man in a few words, these ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Chrysostom. Where indeed the subject treated was the Jewish cleansing, he altogether passed it by. But, as the tithe is a kind of almsgiving, and the time was not yet come for absolutely destroying the customs of the law, therefore he says, these ought ye to have done. Ambrose. He reproves also the arrogance of the boasting Jews, In seeking the preeminence. For it follows, Woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye love the uppermost seats in the synagogues, etc. Cyril, he means of those things for which he blames us, he makes us better. For he would have us be free from ambition and not desire after vain show, rather the reality, which the Pharisees were then doing. For the greetings of men and the rule over them, Do not move us to be really useful, for these things fall to men, though they be not good men. Therefore he adds, Woe unto you who are as graves which appear not, for in wishing to receive greetings from men, and to exercise authority over them, that they might be accounted great, they differ not from hidden graves, which glitter indeed with outward ornaments, but within are full of all uncleanness. Ambrose and like graves which appear not, they deceive by their outward beauty, and by their look impose upon the passers by, as it follows, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. So much that, in truth, though they give outward promise of what is beautiful, inward they enclose all manner of pollution. Chrysostom. But that the Pharisees were so cannot be wondered at but if we who are counted worthy to be the temples of god suddenly become graves full only of corruption this is indeed the lowest wretchedness cyril now here the apostate julian says that we must avoid graves which christ says are unclean but he knew not the force of our saviour's words for he did not command us to depart from the graves Would liken to them the hypocritical people of the Pharisees. Verses 45 through 54. And then answered one of the lawyers, and said unto him, Master, thus saying, Thou reproachest us also. And he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye laden men with burdens grievous to be borne, and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe unto you, for ye build the sepulchres of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly ye bear witness that ye allow the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and ye build their sepulchres. Therefore also said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute that the blood of all the prophets, which was shed from the foundation of the world, may be required of this generation, from the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple. Verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe unto you lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye enter not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. And as he said these things unto them, The scribes and Pharisees began to urge him vehemently, and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying in wait for him, and seeking to catch something out of his mouth, that they might accuse him. Cyril, A reproof which exalts the meek is generally hateful to the proud man. When therefore our Savior was blaming the Pharisees for transgressing from the right path, the body of lawyers were struck with consternation. Hence it is said, then answered one of the lawyers, and said unto him, Master, thus saying, Thou reproachest us also. Bede. In what a grievous state is that conscience, which, hearing the word of God, thinks it a reproach against itself, and, in the account of the punishment of the wicked, perceives its own condemnation. Theophilact. Now the lawyers were different from the Pharisees, for the Pharisees, being separated from the rest, had the appearance of a religious sect, But those skilled in the law were the scribes and doctors who solved legal questions. Cyril, but Christ brings a severe charge against the lawyers, and subdues their foolish pride, as it follows, and he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye laden men, etc. He brings forward an obvious example for the direction. The law was burdensome to the Jews, as the disciples of Christ confess. But these lawyers, binding together legal burdens which could not be borne, place them upon those under them, taking care themselves to have no toil whatever. Theophylact, As often also as the teacher does what he teaches, he lightens the load, offering himself for an example. But when he does none of the things which he teaches others, the loads appear heavy to those who learn his teaching, as being what even their teacher is not able to bear. Now they are rightly told that they would not touch the burdens of the law even with one of their fingers, that is, they fulfill not in the slightest point that law which they pretend to keep and transmit to the keeping of others, contrary to the practice of their fathers, without faith in the grace of Christ. Gregory of Nisau So also are there now many severe judges of sinners, yet weak combatants burdensome imposers of laws, yet weak bearers of burdens, who wish neither to approach nor to touch strictness of life, though they sternly exacted from their subjects. Cyril, having then condemned the burdensome dealing of the lawyer, he brings a general charge against all the chief men of the Jews, saying, Woe to you who build the tombs of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Ambrose, This is a good answer to the foolish superstition of the Jews, who, in building the tombs of the prophets, condemn the deeds of their fathers, but by reviling their fathers' wickedness, throw back the sentence upon themselves, for not the building, but the imitation of their deeds, is looked upon as a crime. Therefore he adds, truly ye bear witness that ye allow, etc. Bede. They pretend, indeed, in order to win the favor of the multitude that they were shocked at the unbelief of their fathers, since by splendidly honoring the memories of the prophets who were slain by them, they condemned their deeds. But in their very actions they testify how much they coincide with their father's wickedness, by treating with insult that Lord whom the prophets foretold. Hence it is added, Therefore also, said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute ambrose the wisdom of god is christ the words indeed in matthew are behold i send unto you prophets and wise men but if the same wisdom of god sent prophets and apostles let heretics cease to assign to christ the beginning from the virgin let them no longer declare one god of the law and prophets another of the new testament for although the apostolic scripture often calls by the name of prophets not only those who foretell the coming incarnation of christ but those also who foretell the future joys of the kingdom of heaven yet i should never suppose that these were to be placed before the apostles in the order of enumeration athanasius now if they kill the death of the slain will cry out the latter against them if they pursue they send forth memorials of their iniquity for flight takes the pursuit of the sufferers to redound to the great disgrace of the pursuers. For no one flees from the merciful and gentle, but rather from the cruel and evil-minded man. And therefore it follows that the blood of all the prophets who have been slain from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation. Bede. It is asked, How comes it that the blood of all the prophets and just men is required of the single generation of the Jews? whereas many of the saints, both before the Incarnation and after, have been slain by other nations. But it is in the manner of scriptures frequently to reckon two generations of men, one of the good and the other of the evil. Cyril. Although then he says pointedly of this generation, he expresses not merely those who were then standing by and listening, but every manslayer. For like is attributed to like. Chrysostom. But if he means that the Jews are about to suffer worse things, this will not be undeserved, for they have dared to do worse than all. But they have been corrected by none of their past calamities. But when they saw others sin and punished, they were not made better, but did likewise. Yet it will not be that one shall suffer punishment for the sins of others. Theophylact. But our Lord shows that the Jews have inherited the malice of cain since he adds from the blood of abel to the blood of zacharias etc abel inasmuch as he was slain by cain but zacharias whom they slew between the temple and the altar some say was the zacharias of old time the son of jehodah the priest why he begins from the blood of abel who was the first martyr we need not wonder but why to the blood of zacharias is a question since many were slain after him, even up to our Lord's birth, and soon after his birth the innocents, unless perhaps it was because Abel was a shepherd, Zacharias a priest, and the one was killed in the field, and the other in the court of the temple. Martyrs of each class, that is, under their names are shadowed both laymen and those engaged in the office of the altar. Gregory of Nisau, But some say that Zacharias, the father of John, by the spirit of prophecy, forecasting the mystery of the immaculate virginity of the mother of God, in no wise separated her from the part of the temple set apart for virgins, wishing to show that it was in the power of the creator of all things to manifest a new birth, while he did not deprive the mother of the glory of her virginity. Now this part was between the altar and the temple, in which was placed the brazen altar, where for this reason they slew him it is said also that when they heard the king of the world was about to come from fear of subjection they designedly attacked him who bore witness to his coming and slew the priest in the temple greek expositor but others give another reason for the destruction of zacharias for at the murder of the children the blessed john was to be slain with the rest of the same age but elizabeth snatched up her son from the midst of the slaughter sought the desert and so when herod's soldiers could not find elizabeth and the child they turned their wrath against zacharias killing him as he was ministering in the temple it follows woe to you lawyers for ye have taken away the key of knowledge basil this word woe which is uttered with pain intolerable is suited to those who were shortly after to be cast out into grievous punishment cyril now we say the law itself is the key of knowledge for it was both a shadow and a figure of the righteousness of christ therefore it became the lawyers as instructors of the law of moses and the words of the prophets to reveal in a certain measure to the jewish people the knowledge of christ this they did not but on the contrary detracted from the divine miracles and spoke against his teaching. Why hear ye him? So then they took away the key of knowledge. Hence it follows, ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entered in ye hindered. But faith also is the key of knowledge, for by faith comes also the knowledge of truth, according to that of Isaiah. Unless ye have believed, ye will not understand. The lawyers then have taken away the key of knowledge, not permitting men to believe in Christ. Augustine. But the key of knowledge is also the humility of Christ, which they would neither themselves understand, nor let be understood by others. Ambrose. Those also are even now condemned under the name of Jews, and made subject to future punishment, who, while usurping to themselves the teaching of divine knowledge, both hinder others, and do not themselves acknowledge that which they profess. Augustine. Now all these things, Matthew records, to have been said after our Lord had come into Jerusalem. But Luke relates them here, when our Lord was yet on his journey to Jerusalem, from which they appear to me to be similar discourses, of which Matthew has given one, Luke the other. But how true were the charges of unbelief, hypocrisy, and impiety, brought against the Pharisees and lawyers, they themselves testify, striving not to repent, but to entrap the teacher of truth. For it follows, and as he said these things to them, the Pharisees and lawyers began to urge him vehemently. Cyril. Now this urging is taken to mean pressing upon him, or threatening him, or waxing furious against him. But they began to interrupt his words in many ways, as it follows, and to force him to speak of many things. Theophylact for when several are questioning a man on different subjects since he cannot reply to all at once foolish people think he is doubting this also was part of their wicked design against him but they sought also in another way to control his power of speech namely by provoking him to say something by which he might be condemned whence it follows laying in wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him Having first spoken of forcing, Luke now says to catch or see something from his mouth. At one time, indeed, they ask him concerning the law, that they might convict, as a blasphemer, him who accused Moses, but at another time concerning Caesar, that they might accuse him as a traitor and rebel against the majesty of Caesar. End of chapter 11